Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ah, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday Morning Podcast. Thanks for taking a moment of your day and spending it with me. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. We're halfway there, halfway to the weekend, and also we're inching closer to another Steelers game. It's been it's been a while. I mean, you get that Thursday night game, and you hope that your favorite team wins that game. The Steelers did not. And then you have to wait, and it lingers, and it hangs over you like a green cloud. But still, we're getting closer. And there's a lot to talk about in this podcast today. Not only do we have the mailbag segment coming up in the second half, but on top of all that, I've got news, DEFCON updates, injury updates. Uh, we're going to talk about the 2022 Steelers, how they're, are, well, they're not what they're supposed to be. They're not as advertised. And maybe this game this weekend could give them a jolt of confidence that they need. All right. I was going to start with the news, but I'm not going to start with the news. I know that there's so many of you right now. So many of you right now are tuning in because you want to hear my one take on one guy. One take on one guy. You know what? Screw it. I'll give it to you right now. The news. The top of the news. The most important news for me, Jordan Berry returns. That's right, folks. Jordan Berry is back. The guy that I have called Weasel Boy for years has weaseled his way back. And you may not be one of the original, like an OG Ride or Die crew member. I've been doing this show now for, I think, this is my third season doing this show. And you might not have been with me back in 2020. But still, 
I've called Jordan Berry Weasel Boy for a very long time, and it's based on the fact that he always finds a way to weasel back to this team. And just when you think he's gone, he weasels his way back. He's done it more than once. People say he's got the pictures. I don't know. Maybe Big Dan McCullers gave him the pictures. He gave him the negatives, probably. And this guy has been signed to the team's practice squad. So he's on the practice squad. He's on the active roster. And the reason why is because of an injury to Presley Harvin III. We'll get to that in a second. But I just want to say that Jordan Berry's back. And I honestly, when, when this went into our Slack channel, Breaking News Slack channel, my response was just no, as many as zero, as many O's as I could. But I, I have to say that something like this, which really is inconsequential, it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential to me. It it helps me. It motivates me when I then turn to Twitter. Of course, I write the article, and that's based on the fact that Dave Schofield had just written the article about Montrevious Adams and the depth chart. Talk about that in a second. And so he had just finished. He goes, we got to cover this. He's like, I got it. And my tweet that I sent out on my account, my Twitter account, just said, I'm dead. <laughs> Steelers are bringing back Jordan Berry. But what this is, how is this motivating? You're probably thinking, Jeff, get on with it, man. How are you motivated by Jordan Berry, the weasel boy, coming back to the Steelers? And it's simple. It helps me realize how awesome my ride-or-die crew is. I had people that when they heard the news, whether they heard it from behind the steel curtain, the athletic, doesn't matter. When they heard the news, when it came across the wire, their first inkling was to go to Twitter and message me and to mention me and say, whether it's LOL, sending me funny gifts, or are you okay? It was it was hysterical. It was heartwarming. It really made me feel like we're building something here, people. Like this Let's Ride podcast, the Ride or Die crew is so much more than just a three-day-a-week podcast. It is becoming like this own little culture uh, nook of the Twitterverse that we always call home and we communicate with one another. It's great. I love you all. That was a really good part of my day on Tuesday when that news broke. So thank you all very much for those that uh, checked in on me to make sure I was okay when Jordan Berry weasel boy finds his way back to the Pittsburgh Steelers all right I don't want to spend too much time on this but uh, I know that that's probably why a lot of you hit play and you wanted to hear it so I'll give it to you right off the bat all right the other news I mentioned it the depth chart Tyson Alawalu who had been I'm sorry I'm still laughing about this uh has he had been the starting nose tackle on the team he's been supplanted as this by Montrevious Adams as the starter so Montrevious Adams is the new starter at nose tackle Mike Tomlin, who spoke with the media on Tuesday, his usual Tuesday Tomlin time, he said that uh, essentially he was asked about this, and he said, hey, Montrevious Adams has played better than Tyson Alualu and that he's been injured all of preseason. Remember, he had that foot-slash-ankle injury. He was hurt all preseason. He's finally healthy, and he's playing good football, so they felt that was necessary. This is not to mean that eh, Tyson Alualu is still going to play. I think that Montrevious Adams is a better option if I'm being completely honest with you here. And let's go to the injury update before we get to the DEFCON status. Some big names. You know, after the game on Thursday, and I wrote this article, I talked about it on the podcast on Friday, the Winners and Losers podcast. You can still go back and check that out if you want. Minka Fitzpatrick was not mentioned on that on that injury report. Kevin Dotson was not mentioned on that injury report. Presley Harvin was not mentioned on that injury report. The only person that was was Akella Witherspoon, who left the game with a hamstring injury, was ruled out. I had said maybe that's a severe hamstring pull. That can be 
Shoot, I mean, there's players that go on IR because of hamstring injuries. But still, Mike Tomlin said all those players I just mentioned were listed on his weekly injury update, not an injury report. Okay, that'll the first injury report will be today on Wednesday when the team practices. But still, Minka Fitzpatrick is in the NFL's concussion protocol. According to Tomlin, and words matter with me, folks. If you haven't figured that out, they do. Mike Tomlin said in his press conference that Minka Fitzpatrick came to them the day after the game and he was experiencing symptoms. So he gets placed into the concussion protocol. Now, th- there's good news in that. There's, good, there's news that they have an extended break. So Minka Fitzpatrick, the only thing, and let me explain this for those that have not listened to me and for those that don't understand how any concussion protocol works, whether it's for the NFL, college, high school, it pretty much is all the same. Minka Fitzpatrick can do nothing until his symptoms subside. So if he woke up with blurry vision and a really nasty headache, he can't do anything until those stop. Now, once those stop, then they say, okay, Minka, you're symptom-free. We need to get you in the building. We need to get you moving. They'll put him on a treadmill probably. We just want you to do some walking, some light jogging, and then we want to see how your body responds. Any symptoms come back. If the answer is no, all right, great. We're going we're to get ready to progress to the next step, the next phase. The next phase is now they're going to ramp up the intensity of the workout. This is when sometimes you've seen players be limited after a concussion and then move to full participation. That means there's no setback. If at any point Minka Fitzpatrick starts to experience symptoms, he then goes all the way back to square one. So if everything progresses normally, and the fact they've had more time off is very beneficial to Minka Fitzpatrick and by proxy the Steelers' defense, he should be able to work his way back. But again, it all comes down to when those symptoms stop. So good news in that regard for Minka. We'll see how that pans out today on Wednesday when the first injury report comes out. Next, Kevin Dotson. I mean, gosh, Kevin Dotson seems like he's hurt every year. It's an ankle injury. Mike Tomlin said he could be limited early in the week. You hope he plays. If not, they're probably going to go with, oh, gosh, Kendrick Green. Let's just, hey, fingers crossed, positive thoughts to Kevin Dotson's ankle. Let's hope he gets better. Presley Harvin, the reason why Weasel Boy is back, he has some hip inflammation. Not, it's unknown whether this is a serious injury. It's something that could hold him out of the game. Would they have to promote Jordan Berry to the active roster? I don't know. We'll see. And then, obviously, Akella Witherspoon with his hamstring injury is going to be based on how he does. He might be limited as well. They're going to gauge his, you know, his availability will dictate whether or not he'll play and all that good stuff. So keep an eye on that. All right, let's get to some DEFCON numbers. I'm updating my DEFCON after week three. And we, you know how this works. If In case you're a first-time listener, DEFCON number one, DEFCON level one, that is Honey Get the kids, get the goods, get the stuff that you want to protect. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of town. This thing is this thing's going bad in a hurry. DEFCON 5 is, hey, we're all good. No need to concern ourselves with anything. So you want all fives with the DEFCON. Let's start a quarterback. A quarterback, I have it as a two. And I have it as a two not because Mitch Trubisky played poorly. I just expect more out of the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not too much to ask. I expect more accuracy. I expect better deep passes. I expect not to take sacks when it's not necessary. All that stuff, QB, is at a two. The wide receiver tight end, I've got him at four. Yeah, Deontay Johnson, hold on to the football. 
And yes, there were some uh, drops from some other people. George Pickens in particular. I watched that play where it almost looked like the Browns intercepted the pass. I don't know what George Pickens was doing. For as great as that catch was, the one-handed grab on the sideline, it almost looked so boneheaded that he didn't get his second, his two hands up to catch the football. I don't understand what he was doing, but they're at a four still. Still have a lot of faith in that group. Running backs four. Jalen Warren looks great. Najee Harris is starting to come back into form. I love that as well. I have a, the running backs at a four. And the offensive line, believe it or not, has moved up to a four. They're looking good. No, they're not the dominant run blocking that you want, but they are protecting the quarterback, and they are starting to run the ball better. So while it's not the best unit in the NFL, they are an average unit, and that's a lot better than some people thought heading into this regular season, and it's only going into week four, so keep that in mind. I've got the offensive line at a four. So to recap, the offense, QB is a two, and then everyone else is at four. So the offense, I feel, is trending in the right direction. Defense, that's a little different. The defensive line I have is a two. The run defense, and people can say, well, they're getting tired and all this stuff. It's just not good enough for me. I just want them to be better at stopping the run. And I also expect the defensive front to get a little bit of pass rush push. They're not getting it. They didn't get it that much last week against Cleveland, and they didn't get any of it against New England in week two. So I have it as a two. Believe it or not, I have this group as a two. They need to show me something. Give me something. The defensive backs, I have it a three. You throw in the fact that Terrell Edmonds hasn't looked the best. Now Minka Fitzpatrick has a concussion. That's a concern. Akella Witherspoon's banged up. Based out of injury, I have this group at a three heading into week four. Inside linebacker, they actually take a step up in the right direction with four. I liked what I've seen. I saw from Devin Bush in week three. Miles Jack is Miles Jack. Even Robert Spillane made some plays. Uh, it's plays that I hadn't seen him made, make so far, and I, I was really critical of him. So I have that group as a four. Outside linebacker, Alex Highsmith currently leads the NFL in sacks with four and a half. He's looking good. I still want to see someone else on the outside generate a pass rush. Malik Reed, anyone. And I've got this outside linebacker group at three. At a three on the DEFCON. Special teams, the injury to big press. That's got me a little wavering a little bit, and so do some of these Chris Boswell misses. There's been excuses, but you just want to see your kicker make kicks. I've got him at a four when I really want that group to be at a five. So there's my DEFCON updates for you. We'll recap these every Wednesday during the regular season to see how things are going. All right, so when we're talking about the 2022 Steelers, we're, we're getting you ready for this season. Think about what was being advertised. Think about what people were saying about this team, what it's supposed to look like on offense and on defense. And the one thing I keep on thinking is what happened to those advertisements? You know, that's like the as seen on TV stuff that you see where, you know, but wait, there's more. Those type of infomercials when you get the product and sometimes you're looking at thinking, what the heck's this? This isn't what I bought. This isn't what I was told. This is a bill of goods, as they used to say back in Wheeling, West Virginia. This is, you just got a bill of goods. So that's what I want to look at. What was the Steelers' offense and defense advertised to be in 2022, and what are we actually getting? So let's look on the offensive side first. Let's start off with what everyone's talking about. Where's the attacking the middle of the field? I don't even care if it's a shallow crosser. They're not even hitting those passes. Think back when Ben Roethlisberger would just hit that quick slant to Antonio Brown or to Deontay Johnson. And that was a staple in the playbook, and it just seems to be gone. They're not doing it anymore. And if they are, it's not successful. 
I just want them to utilize the middle of the field and not just stay outside the hash marks, which is what we were told was going to happen. They were going to utilize the middle. They were going to utilize Pat Fryermuth. But guess what? Pat Fryermuth is only being utilized when it's garbage time, essentially. So that's number one. Number two, where's the run game? Everyone says, hey, Matt Canada loves to – he's going to want to establish the run. He's going to want to establish the run. He's got the hogs in the middle now. He got Mason Cole, got James Daniels, Kevin Dotson's back. They should be able to run the football. Still not the run-first offense that we were advertised, and it's not building off of that. If that's what they want to do, they're surely going about it in a weird way. They're just not committing to the run as much, and because of that, where's the play-action pass? Well, they're not running the ball well, so you can't play-action pass when no one's believing that you're going to run the football. But there's no play-action passes. It's really weird, and that was Kind of what everyone said was going to happen, that Mitch Trubisky was going to be that mobile athletic quarterback that was going to be able to run play action, do all this stuff. It was really exciting. Hasn't happened. Neither have RPOs. You know, that, oh, man, whether it's Kenny Pickett or whether it's Mitch Trubisky, they're going to be able to run these run pass options. It's going to be great. They're going to be so good at it. It's going to keep the defense on its heels. They're not, they're not going to know what hit them. Haven't seen many RPOs. I think I can count them on one hand in three games how many run-pass option plays I've seen Mitch Trubisky run, and that's by proxy Matt Canada. You know, the mobile quarterback. We need a mobile quarterback. That's what Matt Canada needs. Matt Canada needs that mobile quarterback so that the Steelers' offense can function the way it should in his offense. I'm sorry. They have a mobile quarterback in Mitch Trubisky, and they're not utilizing him with his mobility. They started to bootleg him a little bit more in week three on Thursday night, got him out of the pocket, cutting the field in half. I get all that. I want to see more of it. I want to see more of it. This is what we were told was going to happen, and it's not happening. So what happened to that? They need to get back to it. Get back to what was advertised. Don't sell the fan base a bill of goods. The defensive side is not as big of a deal. Where's the improved run defense is number one. And that's that's the biggest thing is everyone said, well, you bring in Larry, Ogu- Og- just Larry, Ogunjabi. I think that's how you say it. They bring in Larry, Tyson Alawalu's back, Isaiah Loudermilk year, year two. They draft uh, DeMarvin Leal. You have Cam Hayward, who's Cam Hayward. You got Chris Wormley still. They have a lot of depth there at that position, but it's not that much better. It's not that much better. Where's that suffocating pass rush? Now, I understand T.J. Watt being out. That's that's a big blow to the pass rush. No one's going to deny that. It's unique because of the injuries. Analyzing the defense is unique based on the injuries. And also, you think about DeMonte KZ being injured. Him being injured, now they can't run their three safety sets. And Terrell Edmonds is asked to do things that maybe he's not the best at doing that maybe KZ was supposed to do. So that changes. But the biggest thing for me, I wanted to see some unique stuff. I wanted to see Brian Flores's fingerprints all over this defense, and I just don't see it. Maybe they're saving it, but for what? Maybe they're saving it for big games like Buffalo, Tampa Bay, at Miami on Sunday night. I could go on with these big games, divisional games with the Ravens, you know, all these stuff. They've already played two of those. I haven't seen it. Where is it? I want to know what happened to the as-advertised Steelers in 2022. But, you know, the one thing is you look at the offense, you look at the defense, both of these sides can use a huge jolt of confidence this week. And that's what I'm trying to – drive home to you, the ride or die crew, is the positivity. 
Everyone loves to be negative. It's so easy to jump off that cliff and to jump off and be like, ah, oh, this team stinks and this team that. Da, 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 da. You, everyone hears it all the time, whether it's in person, whether it's on you know radio shows, podcasts, uh, social media, obviously on social media. Positivity is what this team probably needs right now. So you look at the New York quarterback situation. Is it Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco? Who cares? Who cares? The Steelers defense needs to go out and put out a performance that shuts down whoever they throw out at quarterback, shuts down the two-headed monster they have, the Jets, at the running back position. The offense, with the ability to impose their will on the opposition. You know, Dave Schofield talked about how don't be reactive, reacting to the other team. He spoke about this in week two with the New England Patriots. Be the team that causes the opposition to react to you. That's what I want to see. Use those jet sweeps, the motions, all that pre-snap stuff that Matt Cannon is known for. Use it to your ability. I just want to see the Steelers be able to go out and dominate a game. Dominate a game, not win a game. That's great, but dominate a game. This is the first time coming into week four that the Steelers are favored this season. Three points currently as we sit here right now on Wednesday, courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. It's a three-point spread in Steelers' favor. And it's the first time the Steelers are playing a team that most would suggest the Steelers should win. Now, the, the here we go. The negative Nancy out there is going to hear that and say, oh, they're setting us up for a letdown. They're going to lose to a subpar team. Okay, you have every right to believe that. But I look at this and say, okay, Cincinnati, tough opponent. New England, tough opponent. You even go on Thursday night to Cleveland, tough opponent. This might be the game that, is this a get-right game for the Steelers? Is there such a thing for this team? Can they get to the as-advertised group of offense and defense that we were told was going to happen all preseason and all training camp? We shall see. But if there's a team that could use a big win, and I don't mean just a win. I'm going to celebrate a win no matter how it comes, but a big win, a win where you sit back and say, wow. That's the potential of this team. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers at one and two right now. They need this. They need it. We got to help them out as a fan base to stay positive and really kind of think of it in that direction. All right. We went through a lot. We went a little bit long. We have a mailbag coming up. You all had a lot of questions, and I've got a lot of answers. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for the mailbag. Every Wednesday, the second half of the show, I answer your questions. And if you want to know how to do that, it's simple. Follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. 
when I put out the tweet on Tuesday, all you have to do is respond to that tweet, and I will answer every single question. We had a lot of questions today, and I'm going to get to every single one of them. Let's get to Brian Haynes. He had several. First, Jeff, the play calling has been horrible, and the quarterback play is atrocious. Which one has cost us more? Um, I think the two kind of go hand in hand in some aspects, but ultimately I think that the you have to execute the plays called. And there have been moments where the, the quarterback play has been subpar. So I'll go with the quarterback play. Next question from Brian. Non-football question. Would you rather playing a round of golf with Bagger Vance as your caddy or play against Shooter McGavin? Um, I'm going to go with Shooter because I think he's hysterical. I'd probably end up just laughing the whole time. Bagger Vance is a great movie, though. I'll say that if you're a golfer. Last one from Brian. Reports say the Steelers need... Uh, they, they're, there's a need to make a blockbuster, another blockbuster trade in order to contend this year. Do you agree with that? And if so, who's the target? I don't think so. I really don't think this team needs to make a blockbuster trade a la 2019 with Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't. Save the draft capital, work with what you have, see how it plays out. Let's go to Southside Doc, Doc M. When Coach Tomlin calls it a career, how should the recent seasons, 2019 and beyond, be viewed? What praise and criticism does he deserve? How does his coaching staff compare to the earlier Super Bowl run in the Killer Bees era? Does this current era reflect Knowles or Cowers runs? So that's a lot of stuff there, Southside Doc. Um, so when he calls it a career, I, I would say that from 2019, which was a very impressive coaching job, all the way to 2022, it's been mixed. Uh, there's been some success, but nothing that has been great. No playoff wins. So the criticism comes when can you win when it matters the most? The praise comes in, in seasons like 2019 when everyone had you as dead to rights and you found a way to make yourself relevant. Uh, his coaching staff compares to earlier Super Bowl runs. It's very comparable. I, I love Mike Tomlin's coaching staff. I think it's phenomenal. And when you add someone like Brian Flores, it's even better. Um, in, in terms of the killer bees there, I mean, yes, Mike Munchak, I get it. But other than that, I mean, they have a very good coaching staff. Think about all the times where everyone complained about Carnell Lake as the secondary coach. It's better. It's a better group. I do believe that. And then last question that Doc asked was, does this current era reflect Noel or Cowher's runs? People forget this. Bill Cowher had a ridiculous drought. And Chuck Noel had a drought at the end of his career as well. So... Everyone that wants to kind of say, well, you know, you can't compare him to Cowher. You can compare him to Cowher. They've been there. Actually, Tomlin's been there. I think well, this is his first season being one year longer than Coach Cowher. But still, everyone goes, you can't win the Super Bowl every year. Keep that in mind. Heath Davis asked several. He said, first question, the next game you get to pick a fictional football player to give a motivational speech to the team before the game. Who do you pick and why? Easy. I'm going to go with Rudy. Give me Rudy. Give me Rudy Rudiger up there. I want to see what he has to say. Get this team fired up. Next question from Heath. With the murderer's row of games coming up before the bye week, the Jets are a must-win game. What games do you think we have the best chances of winning before the bye? I, I have always said the Steelers are a team that always plays up in big games. So 
while the trip to Buffalo is going to be difficult, they did it last year, while beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home will be difficult, that's a team that's not perfect. We'll put it that way. You go to Miami on Sunday Night Football, it's going to be a tough challenge, but at the same time, they always seem to play well in big spots. So they're not going to be favored in those games, but still, the only one I think, that think to myself that they it's going to be an uphill battle is at Philly in Week 8. That's just such a tough place for them to play. I don't know why. I hate it. It's just fact, though. It's fact. All right, last one from Heath. A play last game made me rewatch the entire game. On one of Cooper's touchdowns, he got the ball on the uh, – this is Amari Cooper. He got the ball on the five, and one of our cornerbacks attempted to wrap him up. Manka had a clear shot and whiffed. 39 didn't play physical when having to tackle and defend Cooper. Did you notice this? I didn't. I'd have to go back and check it out. You do wonder, now that he's in the concussion protocol, was he a little dinged up? And maybe he didn't say anything at the time. You have to wonder if maybe he got fined for one of the personal foul penalties the week prior or two weeks before. And maybe he doesn't want to lose any more of his money. These are all questions I think that are very relative. Good questions, though. Gordon Bent said, just read on The Athletic that Mink has been placed in concussion protocol. With KZ still on IR, is the secondary in big trouble? Well, thanks, Gordon. First, you could have read that at Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm just joking. But, yeah, we did write about it. Um... Honestly, I don't think they're in trouble. KZ, by the way, who was suspended for three games but could serve that suspension during his injured reserve stay, he, uh, DeMonte KZ, is after this game on Sunday, could come off of IR if necessary. Just want to make that very clear. They have to stay on, the, and that's the same with uh, Calvin Austin the third. They have to be on IR for a minimum of four weeks. Doesn't mean they're going to be back, just could be back. I don't think they're in trouble. I, I think Minka Fitzpatrick has a really good chance of playing, too, if I'm being completely honest. Evan Savage says, when rested, the defense stops the run. Defense struggles begin when the offense can't hold the ball. With that, I can't help but think that Kenny Pickett can convert more than one-third down a game and also would have possibly won the New England and Cleveland games. Does he see the field outside of injury? Unfortunately... I don't think he does, not in the near future. The play would have to really nosedive of Mitch Trubisky. The team would have to really be struggling or an injury has to happen. So we'll have to see. I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to make that call anytime soon. All right, B. Selfridge says, metaphorically speaking, even if the Steelers do have their first losing season under Coach Tomlin, is it the worst thing in the world? I feel like the Steelers getting a better player in the draft next year to help kick off the Kenny Pickett era isn't a bad idea if that's what it comes down to. I mean, I could understand that theory. Think back to 2003. It was horrible when the team finished 6-10, and and Tommy Maddox was struggling at quarterback, yet... That 11th overall pick turned into Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, the Steelers don't need to draft a quarterback in the first round, but getting a player near the top 10 is valuable. Do I want that to happen? Hell no. I don't want that to happen. That I just want the team to win. I've always wanted them to win. Good question, though. All right, believe we already rebuilt. Said Here is a pick from seven years ago, away game versus St. Louis with a few buddies. Ben got his knee taken out. I remember that game. My question is, what is the best or favorite game you've been to? My number one is the snow game versus the Bears in 05. Number two is the Monday night versus the Ravens. Jeffrey's overtime field goal. It was a game where uh, Ray Lewis broke Mendenhall's shoulder. He said, I'm a solid 10-0 and when I intend a game. Went to Tennessee last year to see Ben one last time. So, for me, 
my I've not been to a lot of games. Uh, let me get that out of the way right off the bat. So my my favorite game, the best game that I've been to, uh, I was at a win. My first game at Heinz Field was in that 03 season. I saw them play the San Diego Chargers at Heinz Field, and they won the game. It was a great game. I got great seats. That was that was a lot of fun. I was with my cousin. My best moments. They didn't win either game. Was in 2013. The Steelers started 0 and 4. Week three, Sunday Night Football against Chicago at Heinz Field. Jay Cutler comes to town. I was actually the NBC fan of the week. Uh, myself and another Steeler fan and two Bears fans. We, I mean, it was awesome experience. We got on the Sunday Night Football bus. We rode around town. It was a whole weekend of stuff. We went to Jerome Bettis's Grill 36 when it was still open on Friday, Saturday, toured the city, went on the Duquesne Incline, all that stuff. Uh, and then on Sunday, we had a tailgate and we got great seats. We were on the field before the game. Awesome experience, even though the Steelers lost. My favorite moment, though, my favorite game was probably later that season. The Steelers played the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. I went with my best friend, Chris. Those that listen to my podcast have heard me talk about him. He was the one that died of ALS. He was in the wheelchair at that time, but the Steelers were really, really accommodating for him and his wheelchair and all that. And it was a, it was a great game. That was the game where, uh, Huber, I think it's, I think it's Huber, uh, the punter for the, the Bengals broke, got his jaw broken by Terrence Garvin, Antonio Brown returned a punt for a touchdown. It was a really exciting game. They did win that game. It was freezing cold, but those are some memories for me. Thanks for bringing those up. It's good to relive this tank says if the Steelers ever cave in and give credentials to BTSC, who would you have interview players? Uh, me, myself, and I, <laughs> if I go to the game, I would interview players. Uh, if not probably Dave Schofield. Uh, I don't know if we would extend that to anyone else, but it's a good question. All right. The real says the 2010s, uh, the Steelers were similar to the nineties Buffalo bills. What's the 2020s version comparable to? So I guess he's saying the 2010s, the Steelers had a lot of wins, never won a Super Bowl. What's the 2020s version compared to? Oh, that's tough. Um, trying to think from a, a an AFC standpoint, a team that was, you know, competitive, but they just couldn't. I would say that they, they what they remind me of a lot of is pre-Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs to be completely honest with you. And then once they get their guy, then they obviously start to turn it around. I hope that's the trajectory the Steelers are on. That's just what I thought of. Okay, Tank asked another one. With a realistic outlook on the season, how panicked should the fans be if the team falls to the Jets on Sunday? I don't know if you panic, but you should expect change if this team loses in a horrible fashion on Sunday. I don't know what those changes would be. It's not going to be a coaching change or anything like that. But I would expect if this team falls flat, and that's not they lose a close game and it's a good game, competitive. If they fall flat, there's a big difference. Then, yes, I think fans should expect some change. I guess there's going to be a ton of panic on the fan base too. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Okay, uh, another one from Tank. I heard you say that Brian Anthony Davis and Dave have watched the games at your house. This is true. We've watched one game at my house. Does Dave come full Darth Vader and does bad keep his shirt on? So Brian does have to keep his shirt on and Dave does not wear his Darth Vader or Kylo Ren or whatever the character is, his mask either. We just sit there. uh, They wear their jerseys. I have my shirt on. We all have our computers doing work. It's really not as crazy as you would think, (laughs) to be completely honest. All right, Will Caldwell. Hey, Jeff. Would you rather have the Steelers 
Who would you rather have the Steelers face on Sunday? If Minga doesn't play, would you rather an elderly Flacco or a Rusty Wilson? If Minga doesn't play, I'd rather see Wilson just because I think Flacco would know where to go with the ball to really execute when Minka Fitzpatrick if he's not in the lineup. that He has that experience. He knows where to go with the ball. Wilson doesn't necessarily have that, so keep that in mind too. All right, Aiden Blaine. Hey, Jeff, do you think Trubisky constantly rolling out of the pocket contributes to Fryermuth's lack of targets since he is more of a threat in the middle of the field? Not really. Yeah, I get what you're saying. If they're doing a lot of that, you know, really cutting the field in half for him, yeah, it's going to lead to more outside the hash mark throws. But at the same time, Fryermuth is is still a target. He doesn't just run to the middle of the field. He is still a target on those outside throws. He's just not being targeted. So, uh, yeah, it might... The rolling out of the pocket might contribute some, but not entirely. Another one from B. Selfridge. Do you feel like Tomlin realizes he probably needs to move on to pick it, but isn't willing to pull the trigger until maybe after the bye week? Also, how often do you see teams bench a team captain? Team captains have been benched before. I don't have any uh, memory of, of, a, of a player that was a captain that was benched in recent history in the Steelers, but that's not going to stop someone from you know, if, if they're playing poorly, that the players vote on that. The coaches don't. So he has to put the best product out there. And if he's getting pressure from up above, like, hey, coach, you might want to, you might want to put our number one draft pick in there. He might have to pull the trigger. Okay, uh, Mysterio says Jordan Berry's apparently back in the Berg thoughts. Talked about that a lot in the first half, so go back and check that out. I'm sure I answered your question there. Mike Clark, Jeff, I'm not a Tomlin hater, but how much blame could be put on the, on the boss for years of being let down? There is a lot of blame on Tomlin. People that pass the buck, I'm, in a, Tomlin, I'm a Tomlin apologist, and he deserves blame. Does he deserve the lion's share of the blame? I don't think so, but he does deserve blame. Anyone that says that he is free from blame, they're not watching the same things I am. Absolutely not. Definitely, definitely deserves some blame. Ryan Clark, not the former player, he said, is it just me or have the Steelers ran very little play action this year? To me, that opens up the offense a lot more and allows Trubisky to use his mobility and scheme receivers open across the middle. Canada isn't utilizing his players' best abilities. Well, it's easy to say, let's just run play action, but the Steelers have to establish the run to run play action. Keep that in mind. It's one of those things where you can't just, you can run play action, but it's not going to be as successful unless you're sucking in the linebackers. They think it's a run play. That's how the play action works. So once they start running the ball more, that's when I think they'll be able to really, really open up the middle of the field if they choose to. It's a big if. Nathan Van Slyke, not related to Andy, says, has there been any talk of Calvin Austin III or KZ coming off IR soon? Well, again, Nathan, the earliest they can come back is week five. They have to spend four weeks on injured reserve, so that'll be after this game, this Sunday, and then they're eligible to come off. So we'll see. No, No news other than that. Tyler W., he says, fair to say the Steelers have a lot of new pieces on offense. So is the offense warming up and it'll get there eventually, or the ceiling is low and we're hitting it? When will we know? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that the offensive line in particular is warming up, and I think they'll eventually get there and be really good or be better than what we expected. But I do think there is a pretty low ceiling on this offense, and I, I'm going to be honest, it's because of the quarterback. I just don't think he's that guy to take them to that next level. When will we know? The eye test never lies, Tyler. The eye test never lies. You'll see plays. You'll see moments where you say, man, this this offense could be good. Or you'll see 
second halves of Cleveland like we did last Thursday night and say this this offense can't do anything. You will know based on the eye test. Two bar gone says, hey, Jeff, hope all's well. Thank you. Same with you. He said the Yins boys are always complaining that they go long, but I think if you like to listen to that show, you don't care if it goes long. Hashtag let Kyle and Greg cook and love their postgame show. Hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you. Uh, we we like to keep our podcast to a 45 and under. So they're, they're always going to say, ah, we're going over. We've never said anything since then about that. It's That's just something I guess they probably do out of habit. I listen to every minute of every show. So... There you go. I'm not going to say a word. Gene asks, in your opinion, what would it take for Tomlin to make a drastic change in the offense as in a quarterback change or something else? Do you foresee that happening? Well, the earliest way to see a quarterback change is if Trubisky gets hurt. If he goes down with an injury, doesn't matter the injury, that's the easiest and fastest way you'll see a quarterback change. Other than that, if this team falls flat on their way to the bye week, I think after the bye week is as early as you'll see him make a change. Aaron Cummins said, with former punter Jordan Berry signing to the practice squad, was this about the right amount of time you were expecting Weasel Boy to make his return to the team? Did you expect it to be sooner? I always expect Weasel Boy to find a way back. I always do. So I'm not shocked. It's I didn't think it would be right now, but it is. Here we are. Haskins QB1 asked too, Hey, Jeff, if you're Art Rooney II and you see what's going on with this offense and the poor play, What's the conversation like with Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada? I think that the conversation is, listen, guys, we better figure this out quick. And if you don't figure it out quick, then we're going to have to make some changes. And I, I definitely think that Art Rooney's not afraid to put his foot down. Uh, we'll see. Let's hope it doesn't get to that. Second question from Haskins QB1. Why is Derek Watts still on the team? I get it. He's good on special teams, but special teams isn't winning us games, and he doesn't even play. It's the last year of his contract. He might not be back after the season, but still... I think it's one of those situations where Derek Watt is a good special teams player. He does bring value, so we'll see how it goes from there. But yeah, it's tough. It's a tough it's a tough answer. Eric Askew says on Ben's podcast last week, Merrill Hodge mentioned that this year's offense was similar to that of a season he played, where the coordinator didn't understand the true identity of the Steelers. Do you agree with that or do you think it's something different? I mean, for me, I don't think it's, you know, I know what you're talking about. Merrill Hodge said that they, it was the coach formerly of the Washington Redskins who coached the Smurfs. They were the wide receivers that were very small in stature, but very, very good. And then Merrill said, well, we didn't have the Smurfs. And he thought that he could just take any system and it should work. I get that. Matt Canada has a system, but the question is, can the Steelers actually work the system? I don't know. So uh, I, I think that he is a system coach. I hope that, I think he has shown a little bit of being able to understand how to change things and manipulate things based on his players. Hopefully, Tomlin and Canada, you know, are moving in the same direction and they understand the expectations. Mark Payne, the Steelers typically have solid defensive units. Not sure exactly how hard players go at practice, but do you think the offensive plays we run at practice work against the defense on a daily basis? If they do work, what does that say about our defense? This is this is why I always hesitate in training camp celebrating any success unless it's something like, wow, George Pickens had an amazing highlight reel catch on the sideline. And the reason why is that if you're watching an offense completely torch the defense, what does that say about your defense? Your offense might be great, but your defense can't stop your own offense or vice versa. If the defense is getting the best of the offense over and over again, what does that say about your offense? Iron sharpens iron. Yes, that's a Tomlinism. It's not just a Tomlinism, but still, you hope that the Steelers' offense and defense work hand-in-hand and make each other better. Okay, Brian Haynes asked one last one. People calling for Mike Tomlin's jobs are numerous, and 
in his opinion, they're stupid. Is there a point where he steps in and takes duties away from Canada to further the team, or does he sit idly by? Well, Mike Tomlin is not a an offensive coach. I mean, I don't think he's suited to go in and call plays at any time. So I don't think that's an option. Maybe they strip duties if they have someone. It uh, could be Eddie Eddie Faulkner, the running back coach. Maybe he becomes the run game coordinator or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what their options are. I really don't. And that's why everyone says, fire Canada. Well, who are you going to promote? I don't know the answer. And if I don't know it, I doubt you do. So keep that in mind. We all want to hit the panic button, but it's not time yet. They lose. If they get embarrassed this Sunday, it might be time, but it's not time yet. All right, folks. That's it for me. I hope you enjoyed the show. It went a little bit long, and I'm okay with that because Jordan Berry's back, and I had to rant on that at the beginning of the show. But thank you all for reaching out to me on Twitter, both for the mailbag as well as checking on my well-being for the Weasel Boy being back in town. In the meantime, be be on the lookout on Friday. I'll be giving you my keys to victory, my DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay. I'll hit one of these times, trust me. And as well as the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Betts. In the meantime, you know how we finished it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.